0: Good morning, good to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. Let's go ahead and get started with a word of prayer, and uh, we'll see what the Lord has for us this morning. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we would thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship and to praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this morning. Lord, we ask if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, we do thank you for our families, and Lord, as we celebrate families today, Lord, I pray that you would... Uh, Lord, that you just give us a good day with our families, and Lord, speak to our hearts, and Lord, we do thank you for all that you do. We'll give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning. As we focus
1: on family month this month, we're going to try to think of some songs that focus on family and each other. So go ahead and stand, turn to 450, sing a child of the king. Make me a blessing. We want to be a blessing to each other as a family, but also as each other within the family of God.
0: seats. Turn over to 537. Jesus saves when He spread that news to all our family and our friends and the world. saves. Where would we be without the Lord's salvation? I can tell you where I'd be. I'd be probably either dead or in a prison somewhere. And I'm thankful for the mercy and the grace of our wonderful Lord and Savior. I do appreciate you being here this morning for our sibling day or family day. And uh, I hope uh, you at least invited family to come. I had a lot of people say, I invited my family that just didn't come. And uh, I know I had the same uh, same experience, but it uh, doesn't mean we need to stop trying to invite our folks and our family to, uh, to church. Of course, next week is Sibling Sunday, or uh, Spouse Sunday. And so I want to encourage you to bring your, the love of your life in with you. All right, so I'll be having a service uh, geared towards that. But I do appreciate you being here uh, for our first uh, Sunday of this campaign. I believe as I was preparing for this message, I believe that the home is under attack today. Uh, Probably more than any other time uh, in history, I believe. But we're living in some devastating times in our country. Although the economic situation seems to be uh, doing much better, and we praise the Lord for that, our homes are still in disarray. And um, I believe that the devil is trying to destroy the value of the home. And uh, divorce is commonplace in our society. It's, it's like, no, I mean, people enter into marriage very uh, unlikely today. And they, uh, I believe the shortest marriage was seven hours in Hollywood. Uh, so seven hours, can you imagine that? And, uh, man, I was, I was, uh, that was seven hours. I was into our marriage. I'm thinking, I never wanted her to leave me. And if she ever leaves me, I'm going with her. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but seven, seven hours, that's, that's ridiculous. And, but it's, you know, it's, people are in, in marriage just uh, uh, very unlikely and, and uh, unreverently. And, but, anyways, divorce is commonplace in our society. Over 50% of all marriages end in divorce. And uh, that's sad. And,. Um, Children are being raised by either two moms or two dads, and uh, this is not right. God has never intended for a man to be with a man or a woman to be with a woman. And uh, God's institution of marriage was, is and was one man one woman together forever. And uh, the Bible says this, for, for, for this cause, Romans 1, this is free. So, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of a woman, burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of the air which was meat." Folks, I don't care what people say uh, uh, about situations. All I care about is what God says about the situation. You know, society can say, hey, it should be accepted. Let me tell you what the Bible says. Romans one twenty six. Okay? And I believe that the greatest cause for divorce is selfishness. Selfishness. And we are living in the most self-centered society ever. And, uh, you know, that's why... Men get upset at their wives, and wives get upset at their husbands, and and uh, you know it's just it's crazy. Whatever happened to working together? You know, because times aren't always going to be easy. If, how many's married in here? Raise your hand. Okay, you're married. Can I promise you something? You're going to have fights, and it's going to have you're going to have hard times. It's going to happen. I promise you. If if you didn't know that, you've been living in in the ground somewhere or something. I don't know what's wrong with you, but you're going to have issues. And it's always it's not always going to be a bed of roses. Yeah, you, know, you wake up and with her hair going all different directions and her breath smelling like I am going to move on. I'm going to get in trouble, but <laughs> It's not always going to be easy. And but we got to work for it. It's uh, it's something you you love one and love isn't based on You know, circumstances, love's built on actions and loving one another. And I also believe the greatest breakdown in the home is men not being the spiritual leaders that they need to be. Not being the spiritual leaders. And the Christian home is under attack, I said. And let me ask you, where's the love for the Lord in our homes? You know, there's little to no evidence of Christ in many homes today. And the result for such spiritual depravity... Is affecting our society, our churches, and our homes. And the Bible says, "Except the Lord build the house, they that labor labor in vain that build it." And I want you to join me in Matthew chapter number seven. Matthew chapter number seven, very familiar portion of Scripture. Verse twenty-four is where we're going to begin. Ma- Matthew seven twenty-four. It's about the wise and the foolish builder. And I'm going to title the me- the message with a question: Is my house built upon the rock? Is my house built upon the rock. The Bible says, Therefore, whoso heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them... Now, there's one thing to hear, but there's another thing to do. All right. So, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the, rock, the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains ascended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity as we celebrate the home and family. Lord, I ask this morning that, uh, Lord, that our homes would be homes that are built upon the rock. And uh, I'm not talking about the physical home, but I'm talking about the, the home, our, our homes, our families. And, Lord, I pray this morning that we would seek your face. Lord, that we would uh, humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways. And Lord, to help us to have houses and homes that are that are built upon You as our foundation. Lord, again, thank You for what You're going to do. If there's again one here that doesn't know You, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. The Bible says, "Except the Lord build the house, they that labor in vain, labor. Uh, they that labor labor in vain that built it. This church is made up of homes." And our church is only going to be as strong as its weakest home. You've heard the saying that a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And that's the same as our homes and our churches today. And I, I want to have strong homes so we can have a strong church. So many homes are in trouble today. That is why I believe that our nation is in so much trouble today. You know, it's not uh, whether you're Republican or Democrat or Independent. None of those things really matter. What really matters is how our home goes. So does our country. And uh, we are, we've been given our homes over to the devil. And we make excuses for our children today and instead of teaching them that they're sinners. Can I tell you, there's, uh, as good as my children are, Okay, they're not perfect. And what they are is a bunch of sinners is what they are. They're wicked sinners, and uh, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that. Anyone says they're surprised by that, uh, I'll let you spend one day with them, and they'll change your mind uh, real quick. So many of our homes are in trouble because we try to, we try to defend our children and say, oh, they're just telling a little white lie, or they're, you know, make excuses for our children. The Lord should be, listen, the Lord should be the foundation of our homes, what foundation is your home built upon this morning? We want our children to be protected against the, uh, the wiles of the devil, but what to what expense? What are we willing to do about it? We want our children to have it. They, we want our children, and I, I know you want to be a good parent, so you want your children to have their every desire. I mean, everything that you want them to have better than what you had it. But to what expense? To what cost are we willing to do that? The Bible says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things shall be added unto you. Joshua said, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Then he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. You see, the choice is yours. Don't be deceived into thinking that a home can be a a Christian home because you're a member of this church or any other church. That's not what makes a, a Christian home. It's more than going to church. As, as Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As the psalmist said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that built it. I, wanna, I want to uh, give you a question and this morning that I want you to consider. Is my home built upon the rock Is my home built upon the rock? And what I have is three other questions to help you answer that question. Sounds a little difficult, but it'll be easy once we get into it. Number one, in order to have our house built upon the rock, we need to ask ourselves this Is the Lord important? Is the Lord important? You say, what do you mean, pastor? Is the of course the Lord is important. But is He the priority? Is He the one that is preeminent in your life? Is He the center? Is He the foundation of our home? See, the Bible says, look there in verse 24. It says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. If it's important to you, you'll do it. If it's important to you, you'll do it. You see, is it, it's one thing again to hear and it's another thing to do. What we all hear and we all know what the right thing to do in our homes is, but are we willing to do them? You see, many today are trying to build their houses, but onto what foundation? As we read in this story, there was the foolish man built his house upon the sand, and when the winds and the waves and everything that came uh, came against it, the house went crumbling down. And can I tell you, the same is very true about our homes today. If we're not building our homes upon the rock, uh, listen to me, uh, if we're building our houses upon the sand, those things of this world, it's going to fall apart. It will happen say, Pastor, I, I, I think, you know, love will carry us through. Yeah, love will carry you through, but it's going to be a hard, hard, hard road to carry. And if you don't have the Lord in, uh, as your foundation, as a focal point of your marriage and as your home, let me tell you, it's going to fall apart. You see, I know many people that didn't, they weren't Christians in there. But can I tell you something? so much sweeter and easier to go through life with Christ as your focal point. I can tell you this. I can give you more names of people that Christ wasn't the focal point and their homes being destroyed than I can that where Christ wasn't the focal point and it was, uh, it was okay. It's Lord important. The Bible says, Moreover, it is required of a servant that a man be found faithful. You see, if the Lord is important, then we, we need to uh, we need to be found faithful in the things of the Lord. You say, what, what, what proves that the Lord is important in my life? Well, His church should be loved. His church would be loved. The Bible says this. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Here it is Sunday morning, and I'm glad to see each and every one of you out this morning. But was you glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord I can tell you every time, every opportunity, I get a chance to go to the house of the Lord. I am glad to get into the house of the Lord. I'm glad for that opportunity, not just because I see my brothers and sisters in Christ, but we are serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We have the grandest opportunity in the world. We have the greatest privilege in the world to worship Him. Can I tell you, is the Lord important the Bible says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together in a manner of some is but exhorting one another, and so much of the more you see the day approaching. I believe we should be faithful by going to church. Being faithful to the house of the Lord. You say, Pastor, you always want to talk about being faithful to God's house. Yes, because it's important. It's a command. If God is important to us, we will listen, not just hear, but we will do what He says. not very popular preaching, but it's powerful preaching. You need to be in God's house, folks. Is it important to you to be in God's house? And when the doors are open, we need to be here. We need to be faithful by going. Can I tell you something? The easiest way to become a back-sitting Christian, backsling Christian is this, to stop doing the things of the Lord, like praying, going to the God's house, You've heard me say this time and time again. I'm going to repeat it. But it's so easy to miss one week of church. And then what happens is we miss two weeks. And then three weeks. And before you know it, it's two months. Six months. And we're totally out of going to church. Now, most of us have jobs in here. What do you think would happen if you decided, I just ain't going to go to work today? Why do you go to work? Because it's important. you got to have money. More important, let me say this, and I'm sharing my heart with you this morning. More important than you getting up and going to work every day is getting up and going to God's house. Getting up and going to God's house. It's important. Is God's house important to you? We're coming to church to worship, worship Him. Everything else has taken the priority today. Eighty-five percent of teenagers. Now, let me. This is I've given you this statistic before, but eighty-five percent of all teenagers, after graduating, out of all of them, they that they leave church, and only twenty-five percent of that eighty-five percent ever come back to church. Why is that? Because I believe we're not stressing as parents. We're not stressing the importance of a being in God's house. Why? Because Johnny's having a birthday over here, so let's take him out and let's not go to church tonight. Because my second cousin's uncle's nephew's brother's having a birthday, and we want we got to make an appearance. We only see him once a year. Why? Because it's not that important. We say going to church. Man, i I'm, I'm preaching this morning. We say it's important, but we don't mean it. If we mean it, we would listen and do. Listen and do what God has told us to do. See, we need to be faithful not only by going, but by giving. Pastor, getting on giving. The Bible says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, When have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Every man according to the purpose of his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity. God loveth a cheerful giver. Can I tell you, folks, and I, I mean this with all my heart you can never outgive God. Never outgive God. See, it's not just your treasures, but it's our, it's our talents and our time. The Bible says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Serving in the Lord's work, there's much, there's so there's a desperate need for workers in the Lord's ministry today. I mean, going out and sharing the gospel with folks, just witnessing to people, passing out tracts and, and being a Sunday school teacher or being junior church worker or whatever the case may be, there's so much, there's a great desperate need. Some ministries sometimes suffer because we fail to show the importance of it. See, if our home is to be a Christian home that's built upon the rock, then the Lord has to be important. His church is loved, and then also His word is lived. 1 John 3, 18, My little children, let us not love uh, love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Folks, we know the right things to do, but we need to do them as well. Psalm 119, 97, Oh, how love I thy law. Thomas Jefferson said this, this is one of my favorite quotes. It goes great with this message. I've always, he said, I always have said and always will say that the studious pursuit of the sacred volumes, talking about the Word of God, will make better citizens, better fathers, and better husbands. The devil is not afraid of a Bible that has dust on it. If God's Word is important to us, we will read it. See, you can't expect our house to be built upon the rock if we're not looking to the source, if we're not daily consulting His guidebook. The Bible says, till I come, give give, uh, attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. If God's Word is important, then we will realize that we need it. Folks, more than I need daily bread, I need the daily Word. I need it. You see the signs all the time that we put them on, the, on the, uh, in front of the churches. It says seven days uh, without the Word of God makes one W-E-A-K. makes a weak Christian if we're not in God's Word. You know, if God's Word is important, we'll realize we need it. We can find the solution to any problem. We can find true satisfaction and peace from the Word of God. Let me ask you, is your house built upon the rock? If so, then the Lord will be important, but then also... Is your house built upon law uh, on the on the rock? Is love initiated? The Bible says, I will liken unto him a wise man. A wise man. Ephesians 5:2, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. 1 Peter 3:8. Finally, be of all one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as a brother and be pitiful. Be courteous. We need to have love one for another in the home. I, and you know one thing that bothers me? My girls know this. One thing that truly bothers me in the home is when everybody's fussing and fighting. I cannot stand that. We are, and I tell my girls all the time this is your only sister that you have. You need a lover. And sometimes when they fuss and fight, you know what I make them do? I make them sit on the couch and hold hands. You know how much that makes them love each other even that much more? <clears throat> I make them hug each other and kiss each other. They don't like it, but they're going to learn to love each other. 1 Timothy 4.13 again says, Give attendance to reading the exhortation and the doctrine. Love is initiated. Love, I believe that it starts with the husband. Men, you need to to show the love in your home. Listen, I know my dad's sitting right here. Love wasn't a word that was mentioned a lot in my home when I was growing up. Now, I know my dad loved me. But men just are not people that say, I love you. Now, my wife's home was totally different. If they didn't say I love you to each other a hundred times a day, there was something wrong. I mean, still to this day, They all do that. They're like, love you, love you, love you. I love you, love (laughs) you. I'm like, yeah, I love you too. (laughs) Told you that five times a minute ago. But love needs to be initiated. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right to be a man and say, I love you. I tell my girls when we're driving down the street, a lot of times I'll tell my girls, I say, hey, girls, you know what? I know, Dad, you love Mom. Yep, and I love you too. It's okay. You're not less of a man to say that you love your wife. You know what? I say you're more of a man. But not just by saying you love it, by proving your love to her, by being faithful, committed. Love needs to be initiated with the husbands. Love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. You know who initiated their love for me? Jesus. I didn't initiate my love to him, but he initiated his love to me. Colossians three nineteen, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Wives, you need to love your husbands. He you said, Well, I don't know where that's in the Bible. Titus two four says that they may teach the young women, now notice this, to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. Children need to love and obey their parents. I added that obey in there too. Ephesians 6 1, children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. How do you know that? The Bible says, how do we prove our love to God? By obedience. Children, you want to prove your love to your parents? Obey them. Easiest way to prove your love by just simply obeying your parents. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. A home that is not following God's intended order will not be a home that is built upon the rock. Can I say this? I I thank the Lord for my wife. I would not be where I am today, of course, without the Lord, but then, humanly speaking, without my wife. I, I would not. I would not be the man that I am today without her. But can I tell you, she's not the one that runs the home. She's not the spiritual leader in the home. Men, you need to become spiritual leaders. Lead your home. Get a backbone and lead your home. You know what? Deep down, that's what your wife wants. She don't need to take on those responsibilities. You know why? Because this is, God instituted the home, and he instituted that the husband, that Adam, was going to be the head over his wife. That does not mean dictator. That means he's to be the leader. He's to be the spiritual leader of the home. And I can tell you this, there's a lot of times my wife has better wisdom sometimes than I do, and I'll listen to her, but ultimately it falls on my shoulders as a husband, as the leader of the home. So be that husband that you need to be. He said, "Husbands to be the leaders of the home. The wife is to be the helpmeet. The children are to be obedient in the home. You know one thing that will destroy a home faster than anything else when the wives are not supporting their husbands. I see it today so much. And I see that the home being destroyed because the wives are not supporting their husbands. Husbands will say, "Hey, we're not going to do this." You know what? Wife says, "Oh, when dad's not around, it's okay." That's wrong, folks. Straight from the pit of hell. You need to support your husbands, whether you like it or not. Support it. And then, man, this is good. I love it. Little ones need to be instructed. We need to be instructing our children in the ways of the Lord. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Ephesians 6, 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The word nurture means to discipline with chastening. You know what? Sometimes we need to spank their little bottoms. Sometimes, but can I tell you this? I haven't had to spank my children in a few years. They probably need it a few times, but I haven't had to. Why? Because they're older now. Now's come the time of admonishing. Now, Admonishing means calling to attention with mild rebuke or warning. Hey, you know, you probably shouldn't be doing that. That's what it means with nurture and admonition of the Lord. Often children just need some instruction in their lives. The reason the home is in so much trouble is the children are not being brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Remember, you're not their friend. You're their father. You're their parent. Parents, we have an awesome responsibility to teach and train our children in the way they should go. The children are not going to answer for the home. Parents, ultimately, this falls on the dad, but parents, you're responsible for making those parental decisions, those hard decisions. Dad, we need to be that spiritual leader and lead the home. Moms, you need to stand with your husbands. We need to teach our children to love and respect authority. I I heard I hear when I hear people say things they call I don't call my dad the old man because I don't think that's showing respect to my dad. I call him dad, and we need to teach our children to love and respect authority. That's not just our parents and grandparents, but that's our teachers. I, I know I'm getting a little bit sidetracked here this morning, but mom and dad. Teach your children to respect their authorities at at school just because they come back and they say, Well, the teacher hates my guts. She's mean to me. Don't take your kids' side. They're set in that position for a reason. We had a, a Christian school here, and we had many complaints about teachers that were mean and they hated the kids. But can I tell you, we had the most loving teachers here? The reason why they were so hard was because they loved them. They cared for him. They wanted. My daughter came to me not too long ago and she says, You know what? I thought Miss and I don't mean to embarrass Miss Kimberly, but she said, I thought Miss Kimberly was the hardest teacher. She was so mean. I thought she hated my guts, Dad. That's what she told me. You know what she said when she got into high school or junior high there? First day of school, she says, Man, I thank the Lord for Miss Kimberly. She taught me how to do things right. And you know what she went to Miss Kimberly and told her how much she appreciated her being hard. Good wasn't good enough. She wanted her best. And you know what you need to respect that. And I told I told my daughter then whenever I said Miss Kimberly loves you and she wants what's best for you. Don't just take your oh I got a I got a demerit today. Teacher he he's just mean to everybody. Especially me, he just has it out for me. Well, if you got a demerit, it's probably because you deserved it, and now you're going to get a whooping for getting a demerit. Amen, preacher. <laughs> teach them to love and respect their authority, but then teach them to love and reverence the Almighty. Folks, teach your children that God is that we need to love them. That He loves us. That He loved us so much that He sent His Son to die for us. You know, sometimes our children have this this idea that that God and Jesus is like Santa Claus. Because we've never seen Him. But We need to teach Him that that we need to love Him. That He loved us. The Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another... For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. We need to realize God is love. Recognize that God loves us, but God commendeth his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If we want a house built upon the rock, love must be initiated in the home and outside the home. The greatest example of love is the example of the Lord when he died on the cross for our sins. Showing compassion. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The Bible says, as we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. This means to show love and compassion. Then, so number one, is the Lord important? Number two, is love being initiated? And then the last thing, is, love, is lifting imperative? Is lifting imperative? Is it, is, is it important? Is it a have to to pray? The Bible says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Brother Danny done a message yesterday on prayer. Done a fantastic job in our, prayers, our prayer breakfast yesterday and just gave us a, a list of things and it was Acts and uh, it's adoration is the first thing. We need to adore Christ for all that He, uh, who He is. God is, uh, you know, He is the sovereign one. And we need to uh, give adoration to Him. Then confession needs to be made. We need to confess our sins and then thankfulness. And then supplications. But is lifting imperative. Earnest prayer will put your home in direct contact With Christ. Prayer will drive out bitterness and harshness and any other thing that tries to sneak in. Prayer is the way to victory. Prayer is a cord which binds our hearts together. You you have an issue. Can I tell you something? I'm going to share this with you. If there's anybody that you have an issue with, try praying for them. And I promise you, if you start praying for that person, God will change your heart towards that person. You will no longer have bitterness and resentment for them. Why? Because God gives us this uh, something in us, and It's like, you know what? How can I pray for someone that I'm mad at? God changes our hearts. The more we pray, the more blessed and happy will our homes will be. Dads, I know it may seem... If you haven't done this in the past, it may seem a little bit awkward, but have a family altar time. Just say, family, this is what we're going to start to do. Why? Because we want to be, we want to be pleasing to the Lord. So start off just praying to, with each other. Hey, does anybody have prayer requests? Let's pray for this. And just have a family altar time. I'm telling you, the impact that will have on your family, you won't regret it. In real earnestness, you need to set aside a time each day for reading God's word and prayer. I believe you can tell the homes where Jesus lives. There's a blessed peace, a happiness, and a gentleness that, and a love that's found. I want my house built upon the rock. As our homes go, so goes our nation. And if we want our home to be a home that's built upon a rock, it'll be a place where the Lord is important where love is initiated and where lifting is imperative. May the Lord build your house upon the rock. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed.